to the Humanity Church Podcast, a place where meaningful conversations around living by faith, being known by love, and becoming a voice of hope are shared with the world every week. We hope that you enjoy this podcast and will join us live on Sundays at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, online or at the historic Fox Theater in beautiful downtown Pomona. We also host humanity groups that meet all throughout the city and online to continue the conversation and support you in your ongoing spiritual journey. Find one near you by visiting humanitychurch.com. If you would like to financially support this podcast or the ongoing work at Humanity Church, you can text any donation amount to 84321 and give directly from your phone. Now, here's this week's podcast. Hey, good morning. Good morning, good morning. Well, I am excited because I get to start off a brand new series that we're going to be doing for the next couple weeks. So that being said, I get to lay down some groundwork, some just basic things so that we can all sort of be on the same page. Because sometimes, have you ever noticed that words mean different things to different people? If you've even traveled across the United States, I mean, if if you go to Boston and you ask them for a soda, they're going to look at you like a a what? Because they call it pop. Yeah, in, in... Back east, it's pop, right? Yeah, I want some soda pop or I want some pop. And uh, you go to the south, then they'll just call it, uh, uh, I I want some cola. You know, I'll have a cola. Well, what kind of cola do you want? Well, to me, you say, I want Coke, right? Or we got some Pepsi people in the house, like Pepsi better, right? Well, today we're talking about a word that many of us, if I wouldn't even assume on you that you have heard about prayer, unless you've been under a rock somewhere, but uh, most of us have heard about prayer and what does prayer mean? Why do we want to pray? What is the benefits of praying? So I'm going to just touch on a couple of those things. Now, my language has always been that prayer is talking to God, but I have revised that in the last couple years because I don't believe it is just a monologue. And a monologue basically is what I am doing, unless somebody interrupts what I'm saying, but a monologue is a one-way conversation, right? The truth is that God wants to talk to us as well. So it's a two-way conversation. I love that Leslie used that words today, that it's a conversation that we get to have with Almighty God. Now, I was thinking about monologue, and I was thinking about, you know, how many times that we talk to our kids that way. Have you ever noticed? You don't wait for an answer. Why is your room not cleaned up? Why does it look this way? How come your stuff is over here too? And when are you going to start doing it? It's like a monologue. My grandmother was like the best monologue person. <laughs> we lived with my grandparents for about uh, three years, and my sister and I, she's, she's a little less than two years younger than me. So we were into trouble together a lot. I mean, we did everything together, not in trouble all the time. But but I can remember whatever my grandmother was on that day that she was upset about, my sister and I, you know how siblings, you don't even have to say words, you just sort of like your eyeballs, like, you know, would be in the kitchen with my grandma and she's doing whatever she's doing, cooking, I mean, I was 10. I wasn't paying really close attention to what she was doing. But she was doing stuff in the kitchen. And my sister and I, we would just like connect eyes. And we would literally do this thing where like we would slink under the table and make our way quietly to the kitchen door 
and we would sneak outside and we would be outside and we would hear her still talking to us. She hadn't realized that we had left the room, that we were out of the house. She was still talking, having this conversation with herself about what we didn't do or how we didn't do well enough. And back when she was a young girl, she only had one dress. And then when she wasn't wearing her dress, that she had, I mean, she had her stories, okay? Monologue. That is not what God desires from us. I mean, he wants to hear our voice, but... He wants to also talk to us. It's a two-way conversation. So, revised my language here. No longer just talking to God, but having a conversation with God. Now, the other thing that, that I grew up with, because I, I sort of grew up in church, well, kind of, around church, and then in church, and then out of church. And, but I heard my whole life that, that you were obligated to pray is an obligation. A good Christian person should pray to God, talk to God, right? That maybe even we had written scriptures, we were supposed to be praying whatever they told us we were supposed to be saying. Um, I would really like if you could just have a paradigm shift or, or a change of mind. Could you actually just hold on to maybe just for a little bit that it's a privilege that we get to talk to God? not an obligation it's a privilege now i know we've all had important people in our lives that were very close to us at one time or another and maybe they moved away or maybe something happened in the relationship where it broke up or 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 maybe even that person passed away like in my case with freddie but i look back now at all those even the difficult conversations the hard ones to have the ones that were always ended in tears even those conversations, I look now of like, what a privilege to be able to have those conversations. And sometimes it's only in the absence do we recognize how valuable they really are to us. I would offer this morning to you that maybe you would want to hold on to the moment of thinking it's a privilege to get to talk to God, that he wants to hear my voice. And I don't ever want to lose hearing his voice and him wanting to hear my voice. Just a shift in thing, and it could be just the smallest shift, right? Now, the, the um, ancient ancestors of Jesus, the Hebrews, they had a belief about the name of God that it was so sacred, they wouldn't even say it out loud. But there was a teaching that went similar to this the fact that you're breathing in and you're breathing out even represented the name of God. That the very breath, so Yahweh, like a breathing in a Yah and a way of breathing out. That even in their breath, they were declaring and it was almost a prayer of recognition to God in their life. Now, I don't see everybody's just like all so calm. I don't know about you, but that was like really exciting for me. I was like, in my very breath, God's name is in there. How awesome is that? That so takes the pressure off that one verse that says, pray without ceasing. And I'm like, what? How? How do, how do you do that? How do you stop, not stop praying? I mean, like, how do you, how do you pull that off? 
Well, if it's in your very breath, and you take the second, that nanosecond, to recognize even the breath in my lungs is declaring God. Is that awesome? Well, if you don't like it, I really liked it. So, so wherever you are on that. Now, now I'm, I'm going to be, okay, I've come a long way from church. I, I grew up in a very traditional, conservative church. God couldn't talk to us if we had pants on because we had to wear dresses. Women were not supposed to put makeup on because that was painting you up, you know, you had to be. Well, thank God we're not there anymore. But in that, as a little girl, I, had, I remember having a book of prayers. And I would pray them. Well, you know, as, as I got older, I developed an ability or a want to to talk to God in my own language. But let me state this, because I, I wrote all of this out because I, I wanted to be able to hit on some of these things. Prayer can include and is not limited to, it's like I talked to a lawyer, right? Not limited to written or memorized material. All the way in the spectrum to spontaneous and fluid conversation with God. It can be serious in nature, very serious, or it can be full of lament, sadness, crying out. Sometimes it's joyful and giddy. I like to think God has a sense of humor because I laugh at myself all the time. I can only imagine God laughs at me all the time. Short story the other day. Okay, I'm telling on myself. Confession time. So I, I like to hike. I like to be outside. I feel like I hear God there. You know, the lizards tell me stuff about God, everything. But anyway, so I was walking and, I, and I'm listening to a book. So I'm walking and I'm, I'm doing hills. And on these hills, it's kind of like loose sandy material, gravel type stuff. So, you know, I'm paying attention, and, and I'm walking, and I'm listening to this, and all of a sudden, the guy in the book said something about vision. And I mean, the fireworks went off in my brain. I've got ideas just flowing out of me, and I like pull my handy-dandy phone out. And I start typing all these ideas, because I don't want to forget them, because whether it be age, blonde, or, or whatever... <laughs> I forget. So I'm like, I've got to get this written down or I'll forget. And so I'm walking now, and I look ahead. I'm not stupid. I'm, I may be forgetful, but I'm not. So I look ahead, and I'm thinking, yeah, I can walk this without looking. Mistake. But anyway, so I'm walking. I'm at the top of the hill, and it's a gradual decline. Well, I'm busy looking at my phone, and can I tell you, I fell so hard. I'm pretty sure I bounced. I, I mean, I landed on my booty, and I'm pretty sure I bounced. My phone went flying, and I sat there, and I just laughed at myself. And then I got an alert on my phone, like on my watch, saying, oh, we noticed you had a fall. Do you need help? And I'm like, well, that's cool. It works. And no, don't send anybody. This is so super embarrassing. So anyway... All that to say is I really hope God has a sense of humor. I believe he does because I'm laughing at myself all the time. And don't you know, I was praying at that moment, oh, God, please let me get back up, right? Because I don't want anybody to have to get me off the ground over here. Got up, fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, everything's good. Okay. So prayer could be anything in that spectrum from very serious written prayers that, that 
are meticulous in the wording so that it, it hits areas that you may not think of on your own. All the way to the point of you're sitting on the side of a hill with your butt in the dirt thinking, oh Jesus, thank God I didn't hit my head and my phone isn't cracked and please let me get back up. All of that in that spectrum is all considered prayer. Some of you are like, yeah, no kidding. Okay. So, now, I would like to interject, and, and this is mostly my personal opinion. I believe God put this in my heart, but if, if it doesn't resonate with you, that's okay. You can pray to God about it, like we're talking about. Okay, so, um, although pre-written or memorized prayers can be super meaningful, um, I don't believe that's the only way God wants to hear from us. You know, it'd be sort of like you had a friend, a close friend, and the only way they would talk to you was through Ted Lasso quotes. It can be inspiring. It can be amazing. Like, wow, I never thought of it that way. It can be super funny sometimes. But eventually, you're like, come on, talk to me like you talk to me with your personality, with your character. Because there's something, God created you specifically to be who you are. He didn't create you to be another Melinda. Thank God, there's only enough room for one of me, right? <laughs> he created you to be who you are, and he wants to hear your voice. So yes, the pre-written prayers. Yes, these beautiful works of art that we can even memorize and quote to God is amazing. Quoting scripture back to God. And he wants to hear from you. Amen. Okay. So, why do we breathe? Why do we pray? <laughs> I was going to say, why do we breathe? <laughs> supposed to. But there is some truth in that, right? Just like we breathe in because that's what we need for our body to operate, prayer is like that integral to your spiritual life, to the vitality and the strength of your spiritual being, when you connect to God, that is what your soul needs. It's hungry for. It calls out to God, and God is calling to you. Now, some people get really confused on this God wants to talk to me thing. Like, I've never had God come in the room and angels and everything and hear something. But I, I always talk, think about it like this. Like, if you tune into a radio station and you're listening to it, if you drive far enough away, you're going to lose that signal. Or if you bump the channel control thing or hit that search button, then all of a sudden you're hearing all these other channels start coming in and you lose the signal that you were listening to. Sometimes hearing from God is a lot like tuning in to his voice. We got to tune in and get the static out of the way so that we can hear God. And the more familiar you become with God's voice, the easier it is to hear it. Like you've never thought that you could hear God and you have this some kind of idea of what he might sound like. He may sound totally different to you. A lot of times for me, it's more like pictures. Like I see pictures sometimes of things. I'm like, why in the world am I thinking about a train right now? What does a train, and, and all of a sudden I'm, I'm asking God, what does this do? And all of a sudden it unfolds into something 
very beautiful for my life or for what I'm praying for somebody else. So sometimes hearing from God, don't get caught up on those words. Sometimes it's a sensation of just knowing. And I don't have the English language words to be able, or any other language for that matter, to um, express other than saying that knowing, that you just know that you know that God is there with you, that he spoke to you. He's in agreement for what you were praying for or for whatever you were asking. So, wonderful. We are doing so good on time this morning, everybody. I can keep you for like so long. No, I'm just kidding. Um, there's so many conversations, prayer, recorded in the Bible. And... Um, Oh, hold on, let me get rid of this. Okay, so some of them are like, remember the story of Moses talking to a burning bush? And God spoke to him through that fire, right? That's one, that's never happened to me, but that was one conversation that happened. How about the request of Elijah when he was asking for rain to return to the earth? It had been in a drought for years, and he prayed for rain to come. How about uh, the intimate prayer of Jesus calling for his friend to come out of the tomb? A declaration, a calling out, a miracle. What about when Jesus was praying for his disciples? That he was saying, Father, that you would keep these even as I have kept them and not leave them as orphans. And send the Holy Spirit. So there's all different kinds of prayer. And there's names. I mean, in theological circles or, or in academia, if, if we were going to make this an academic study right now, I could list off probably ten different titles of types of names of prayer. But today, because we really want to spread this out so we can actually absorb it, you know. So today, what I want to focus on is really prayers of thanksgiving prayers of thanksgiving now a lot of this you'd probably say oh i hear this in the season of thanksgiving but let me tell you thanksgiving is a year-round event <laughs> we don't do it just once a year at least i'm hoping because there are so many benefits for you and for the people around you so are you ready to jump into this Yes, I got three people. That's a majority. We are moving forward. All right. So um, a while ago, about two months ago, we did a whole series about the life of David. How many of you remember the life of David? In the Bible, he started off as a shepherd boy, killed a giant, uh, declared king, anointed, and then ran for his life and then became king. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then he united all of Israel well, this guy, in the middle of all of that, also wrote quite a few songs and poems of thanksgiving, of praise. So we're not going to read all of Psalms because that might take a little bit of time. But I, I picked out just a couple. But I encourage you, if you're like, I, I don't even know, I'm going through like the worst time in my life, I don't even know where to find thanks, go look in the Psalms. Because David was in that place many times, and he wrote about it. So, we're going to read one. And um, it's Psalms 139 and verse 14. 
And uh, I do have it in the Amplified because I love the way it breaks it down. It says, I will give thanks and praise to you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works and my soul knows it very well. I love how uh, a lot of times throughout the Psalms, David connects thanks and praise. Thanks and praise. And they may sound something totally different in our culture because we tend to not use always those words in the same sentence. A lot of times we'll say, I'm, I'm, I'm very thankful. Um, and then another times we go, we go to church and we do praise and worship. Right? But in the Jewish culture, in the Hebrew people, they actually combined those words quite often. Giving thanks and giving praise. Recognizing, just as I talked about a minute ago, God's name being in our breath. Taking that moment to just recognizing it and saying thank you for it. Just thank you. God, thank you. Thank you that I have breath. Have you ever been so sick where it hurt to even take a breath in? Or you were afraid to breathe because you would start coughing up a lung or something? When I was a kid, I, I had pneumonia at least once a year. And I can remember um, being on the couch as a young kid and coughing and coughing until I, it hurt to breathe. My ribs, I don't know if I bruised my rib or what happened to me, but, but it hurt so bad. And I can remember when it didn't hurt anymore and how thankful I could move. I remember showing me, look, Mom, I can move my arm again, you know. But as adults, we sort of disconnect from that. Like, we just expect it. It's just, well, why not? Why would I not be breathing? Until we have those moments when a catastrophe happens. And we have to remember, in the good times too, give thanks to God. So I made a list of what some benefits might be for giving thanks and praise. So I'm going to go through these super quick. Number one, it sets our attitude into the best position to hear and connect to God. Have you ever come across somebody? Well, let's say anybody under 10 years old is probably this person. But have you ever come across somebody and their only conversation is what they want from you? Do you have, <laughs> hearing conversation on the front line, um, but do you have that one friend that the only time you get that phone call is when they're in need? And not that you don't like the person or that you don't want to hear from them. You're probably even happy to hear from them. But if we only always come with a need and what I want from you, what I'm missing, then it's sort of like, uh, now I'm human, if you haven't noticed. I'm not a mermaid. I am human. But sometimes in my humanness, I sort of start resisting that person that constantly comes without a recognition of what have, has already been given. And I just wonder, 
sometimes if that attribute might be similar to what God might feel. If the only time I talk to God is when I'm sitting on the side of the mountain and asking him to get me back up off my butt, if that's the only time he hears from me, I, I wonder how much connection there would be between the two of us. And even if there wasn't a resistance from God, my mentality, I know that the only time I go to God is when I want something. So there's a, a resistance and a block even in my own head. Does that make sense? made sense in my head, so I'm hoping it made sense when I said it out loud, that sometimes our connection to God is just alleviated, or, or I'm sorry, that's not the right word, but when our connection to God has been restrained, I'm wondering how much just an I thank you and a place of gratitude would shift that relationship to where you felt connected to God once again. It's sometimes it's just a recognizing God in my life. Number two thing I wrote down is an attitude of thankfulness and gratitude is a protection from greed and envy. Okay, I'm going to stay on this for just a little minute because it got super quiet. Okay. They say where the pain is is where the problem is, right? Have you ever been to a massage person? And they're saying, and you tell them, oh, be careful because it's a little, oh, no, we have to work that out because where the pain is, that's where we need to work. So I'm going to talk about this for just a second. Southern California culture, the BMW, or now it's the Tesla, <laughs> got to have that house, you got to have that job to take care of it all, and you have to have a social media that makes you look good, and not to mention the Apple Watch, right? you got to have it all. And then sometimes, I don't know how you operate in your life, but sometimes I'm, I'm driving my car, and I see one of those gorgeous cars go by. Now, I'm not so much a Tesla person, but if you put a really nice 4x4 Jeep right next to me at the stoplight, I'm like, oh, yeah, I would look good in that. All this traffic, I just crunch those cars and go over the top of them. Okay, now this is a little conversation I have in my head more than once, okay? So, but thankfulness and an attitude of gratitude is our protection against that envy. It protects us against greed because I don't have to hold on to what's mine. When I think about greed, I think about Donald Duck, all right? This is super spiritual, so just, just hold on. <laughs> I think about Donald Duck, because do you remember every time he found a treasure, he would jump on top of it? Mine, it's mine. I can't do the Donald Duck voice, but you know, it's mine, it's mine, it's mine. But sometimes we don't think that we're being greedy until it's time to give in the offering. Oh no, I can't let go of this. Do you know how hard I worked for this? Give to missions on top of what I give to the church? Oh, who do you think I am? Thankfulness opens your heart and that tightness that we hold on to what we say is ours and gives recognition to who it really belongs to. God, I am so grateful that I live comfortably and I drive a car that starts every time I try to turn it on. I am grateful, God, that although that is a beautiful Jeep, my car works wonderfully. And it all of a sudden erases that power of the envy. 
They can have what they have because God is providing for me. Let me tell you, as soon as you start holding on to envy and greed, you've taken God out of the Godship of your life. And you're putting your needs, wants, or desires above what God has offered to you already. Gratefulness and thankfulness puts you back in the position that God is God. And I recognize all the amazing things he gives to me. And then if he wants to give me the Jeep, it's all good. I won't won't complain. But it's our protection from greed and envy. And third, um, being thankful and having an attitude of gratitude. An attitude, you know what I mean? I mean like it's with you all the time. An attitude is something you live with at all times. It's with you. It's how you interact with people. It's how you see things. It's the lens in which you view things. That's what I mean when I say attitude. An attitude of gratitude also keeps you in the position of recognizing I am who I am and God is who he is. And in James, I want to get the numbers right, 4-6, The word says that God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. He resists the proud. If you have the attitude of, I can do it myself, I don't need help, I don't need anybody, nobody needs to know my business, that's, I'm sorry, but that's pride. It may be birthed out of hurt. It might be birthed out of past experience. But if you stay in that place, pride will build a wall and God resists the proud. I need God to bless me. I need his grace because I blow it so often. I rest in his grace. That's a gift They cannot be bought or paid for. If you feel like you are paying God off, being a good enough person, that's not grace. That's, I'm working it out by myself. Grace is the unmerited. I don't deserve it. I can't pay for it. I can't be good enough to get the blessings of God in my life. That's grace. And if you are standing in that place of pride, it says that God's going to resist you. I pray this morning, this whole week, I have been in prayer that an attitude of gratitude would just become a way of my being. So much so that even as I stand here, that it's like contagious. I want it to ooze out. I want it to be something that you can recognize in your life and make the choice, I'm going to be thankful. Now... We're coming to that verse. Remember I said, pray without ceasing? Well, I have it in the Amplified, so it says a little different. It's still in there, but we'll talk about it, okay? 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, and we're going to go down through 18. It says, rejoice always and delight in your faith. Don't you love that word? I think about delight. I think of crumble cookies. I think about I, just delight. I mean, it's, it's, it's a luxury. It's not some, a $4 cookie. That's a luxury, right? So, and delight in your faith. 
Be unceasing and persistent in prayer. And in every situation, no matter what the circumstances, be thankful and continually give thanks to God. For this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Now there is so much in all of this, and I'm, I'm not going to have time to break it all down. But what I wanted to focus on is unceasing and persistent in prayer. And Jesus taught some parables about persisting prayer. He, he, he referred it to it like a, a mother praying for her son and keep bugging the king and kept bugging the king and then just kept bugging until the king granted what she was asking for. That's persistent. Um, I, I don't know. I am still working on this area because there are times I pray for things like once, twice, and I'm like, okay, God, you already know, Right? You already know. You, you know what I need. You know, you know better than what I know that I need. But, but there is a piece of prayer that's persistent, that it continues. That it continues within you. Now, unceasing, what, what the world does that mean? Well, let me ask you this. How many of you have kids in the, in the room? Or maybe a niece, nephew, somebody that's close to you, a child. And, and I have one of my grandkids, his name is... Blake, but he constantly asks me, do you love me? I'm like, yeah, bud, I love you. You'll love me all the time? I love you all the time. Are you going to love me even when I get older? Yes. I'm going to love you forever and ever. Are you going to love me till you get to heaven? Yes, I am going to love you even when I'm in heaven. I will love you. Now, I started thinking about this. How do you describe praying without stopping, without ceasing? How do you, how do, and I think it's that same way. Do you love God? Do you, are you thankful? Are you connected to him all the time? It doesn't mean every 30 seconds stop, take a breath. Jesus, I recognize you. Take another step. Jesus, I recognize you. All right, God, I mean, I, I don't think even Jesus did that. Jesus, and he, and, and, you know, he was connected to the Father. He was pretty, pretty well connected to him. Even when he went to the tomb and he says, I thank you, Father, that you have already heard me. And I am saying this for the benefit of the people around me. He was so connected to God, but he wasn't walking and ha talking to his disciples. Oh, wait a minute. All right, God, you're still there. All right, you know, he wasn't doing that. Because his connection was constant, just like my love for Blake is a constant. It never goes away, but I don't walk every 30 seconds. Oh, by the way, I love you. Oh, hey, did you forget I still love you? Same way with being connected with God. You can continually be in prayer, be thankful, have an attitude of gratitude, um, and, and, and not be... The only word that came to mind, and this isn't really nice, but don't be a freak, you know? <laughs> just, just being a human being that loves God, and I'm connected to God, right? In verse 18, this is the one I really did want to talk about. In every situation, no matter, oh, I think I lost my thingy. Do I have town? Am I gone? Oh, there it is, Michael. All right, um, in every situation, no matter what the circumstance be, 
thankful, and continually give thanks to God. And I love the Amplified, and I picked it because it's almost the same thing in the NIV, New King James Version. But it broke this apart. It said, be thankful and continually give thanks. There's one thing about being thankful for people, and it's another thing to say it out loud. Your server in the restaurant, they bring your food, and you're probably grateful that they remembered to bring the hot sauce that you asked for 15 minutes ago, right? You're grateful, you're thankful, but do you say it out loud? You might be grateful, God, that, that I woke up this morning and I am good to go, I'm, I'm able to, to function, thank you, Lord, all the parts of my body are working that I need to work today, but do we stop to give thanks? That this is, becomes a way of life. The people closest to you. You know, unfortunately, sometimes we are nicer to the checkout stand person than we are to the one we say we love the most. We just take them for granted, right? They're always there. They always do that. They always, they're always, you know, waking up the kids for me when, when I get to sleep in an extra five minutes. But to actually take the moment to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you for taking your time to do that. You know, um, our, our Christianity isn't just a, a, a one-way thing. You know, and, and that's kind of a popular thing I hear from people to say, well, it's just me and God. Me and God, God knows me, and I know God, and we're good, and, and don't worry about me, it's just me and God. But the truth says, if you, if you can't love your brother who you see, how can you say that you love God who you can't see? So it's not just this, but it's also this. It's who is around you. And that's why being connected to God all the time, because I don't know about you, but I need help with some of the people around me. I am not good on my own. But once I recognize, God, I'm not good on my own, thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are a part of this. Walk with me in this conversation. Remind me that I forgave them because I want to pick that back up again. Holy Spirit, will you, I am so grateful that I'm able to rely on you in my weakness. And I recognize it. Now, here's the other thing. Being thankful in all circumstances, no matter what's going on. Now, it doesn't say be thankful for what's going on. There are some things that happen in our life that we don't have direct control of. But we can still be thankful. We can still be thankful. And might I add, this, this is, well, okay, I'm going to make it personal. You, you guys good with that? Freddie passed away two years ago. Right after July 4th was the last time he was in our home. And he passed away in September of 2021. Now, it was, it was a journey going through that. But when he passed away, there was a part of me that I did not agree with him being gone. It wasn't the right timing. There was more to do. We had plans. My heart was not prepared. I mean, I could give you a, a long list that I brought to God on the regular, believe me. I disagreed with it strongly. And I have to trust that God knows more than what I know. 
that he can see what I can't see. And I had to find a place of trusting him enough to be grateful in the middle of this loss and this pain. Wherever you are, it might be the smallest of thing on the spectrum of, of world events. But God says, even in the middle of it, give thanks. Um, I think I shared this in church, but I think I shared it. But I'm going to reshare it again because it's, it's on my heart to do so. Um, the first couple weeks after Freddie passed, um, I, I was having a really hard time even sleeping because I, I would wake up, relive moments, angry with God, crying, um, just feeling a loss and empty. And so I wasn't sleeping great. And um, one night I laid down and it was sort of like I looked at my bed and I'm like, I, I don't even know what the point is. Just to sit here, toss and turn, cry, get my pillow wet, have to get up, get another pillow, you know? Um, and I just felt like this, this voice, I, I believe it was God, spoke to me and said, what are you grateful for? You can imagine my reaction, my eyes rolled. If there was anybody in the room, my eyes were rolling. Like, oh, yeah, grateful, yeah, right. And I've, I felt it a second time. What are you grateful for? Say it out loud. Well, at the bottom of my bed is my little white fluffy dog. The only thing I could say I was grateful for is that Molly was there because my feet were cold. And then, and I'm grateful that I have covers. And that night, I slept. And it was the first time in a couple of weeks that I slept through the night. And that became my habit of declaring out loud what I'm grateful for. Because it changes the atmosphere. Being thankful no matter the circumstance. Because God is big enough and he loves me enough that he can see what I can't see. He can see the future that I can't see yet. And I have to trust that he loves me enough to take me there. He knew where Freddie would be if he had survived. I don't know. But I thank him. I thank him because he's worthy of my thanks. Because he's God and I'm really not. No matter what. In Philippians chapter 4, it's one of my favorite portions of scripture. But he tells us to have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Being God himself, yet leaving it all to come to earth to sacrifice for me and you. If I can stay in the humility that if God himself would come to earth and take this on, I can find a place to be thankful where I'm at right now. Romans 8, 28, you know, it's one of our Christian hurrah-rah scriptures. All things work to good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. 
have to trust. That's where thankfulness comes in, that he has got it. Psalms 107, verse uh, 21. It says, let them give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness and for his wonderful acts to the children of men. And let them offer the sacrifices of thanksgiving and speak of his deeds with shouts of joy. It's not always easy to give thanks. That's why that word sacrifice is in front of it. Sometimes it costs us to give thanks. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I didn't break my phone when I fell down. Thank you, God, I got back up. Thank you for the word of vision that I needed in my life when I fell. There's so many opportunities to give thanks, but sometimes it doesn't always feel good. And this is when you get to make a decision. Because see, the part of our brain, they call it the primitive brain. I've heard some people call it the lizard brain. I don't think we are ever lizards, but anyway, but it's built for survival and security. And if you do not make a choice to be grateful, if you do not make a choice using the greater part, the upper ranges of your brain that God created inside of you, if we don't make the choice, we will always revert back to fear and survival. God gave us choice to be grateful. I choose to sacrifice when it doesn't feel good to say, thank you, God, in the middle of it, even for my fluffy white dog, right? I have five minutes, so I'm going to really condense this last part really quick. There's a story of Jesus. He was walking outside the edge of the country of Jerusalem and Samaria. They, were, um, they didn't like each other, the people. They, they were very racist because if you lived on this side, you were Samaritan. And they didn't like the Hebrews, and the Hebrews did not like the Samaritans. But Jesus was walking through that countryside. And there were a group of ten lepers. And they were on the outskirts because they were not allowed to be by other people. Leprosy was a contagious disease. And so because by the law, and also for health safety, but by Jewish law, they had to stay away from everybody. And if anybody came within 10 feet or so from them, they had to yell out, leper, leper, I'm dirty, stay away, stay away from me, I'm dirty, I'm, I'm contagious, I'm unclean, was their words in the law. And so Jesus was walking, and these ten lepers came, I guess, within a distance that they could yell. And they say, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Heal us. Now, Jesus didn't even touch him, but he said, make your way to the priest and go show them yourself that you're clean. That was the way to get cleared to be able to come back into society. And it says, as they walked away, they noticed they were being healed as they walked they're walking because Jesus told them. So they were obedient to the word. They were walking and they were being healed. Now it says that only one turned around and came to give thanks. Only one. 
Now, we would like to say, oh, I would never do that. But how many times have I not gone back to thank God? One out of ten, just think about it. That means ten out of a hundred people actually stop to say thank you sometimes. I would pray that we become people of radical thankfulness. Thankful and recognizing God in every situation and for everything and being thankful, but also to the people around us. That as we walk down the street of Pomona to our car, that we don't be rude or give that person that weird look, but that we actually find a way to be thankful even in the situation and that people would recognize us as being different. Jesus says, they'll know you, my disciples, by the love you show one another. One of the attributes of love is being grateful, thankful, recognizing the other person for being the human that they are, the very presence and image of God within that person. How can we be radically thankful? And I'm not just not fakey-fake thankful, but thankful from our heart. Any of those that you want to read the story about the ten lepers, that's in Luke 17. So just in case you're taking notes or if you want to know where that is. I want to be one of those people that I am found thanking Jesus. There's so many opportunities that I miss to thank him for what he does in my life. We come to church and we say words of thanks. We sing songs that say, thank you, Lord. I praise you, God. Hallelujah. We say those words, but today I am, I'm believing that there are going to be some of us, if not all of us, if I could be that bold and just assume on you, that Holy Spirit would make way into your heart, that it would actually cry out in an attitude of gratitude. And that prayer being my ability to talk and God and receive from God at the same time, that it just becomes something that adds just on my breath as I'm breathing in, Yahweh, thank you that I have breath in my lungs. God Almighty, that, that you don't judge me as hard as I judge myself, but your grace goes before me and covers me. That God, even before I sinned, you loved me knowing I was going to blow it again. I'm so thankful, God. Thank you. Thank you for your protection. I was on the freeway, and there was a car accident like right in front of me, God. Thank you that you protected me from that. Now, that might sound weird to you, but this is the way I choose to live because I want to see God in every part of my life. Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope that it was a meaningful experience and look forward to having you listen in next week for another conversation from the heart and soul of Humanity Church. You can find more information about our community at www.humanitychurch.com.